Wrote This Shit is a comedy podcast where three friends talk about bad books. Opinions are subjective, but if we hurt anyone's feelings, we apologize in advance. Also, there are times where we talk about graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Who Wrote This Shit, where three friends drink bad wine, talk about bad books, and why we make these bad decisions. Also, spoilers. I'm Erin. I'm Hope. I'm Juniper. Juniper's a little bitch because she popped, she drank the wine before she was supposed to. And we're reading (laughs) The Boy and the Peddler of Death by Dylan Saccaccio. Saccaccio? Who fucking cares? This guy's an asshole. It's true. <laughs> Juniper, what wine are we drinking this episode? So, the name of this wine is Spritz and Giggles. <laughs> it's a good name. It's a... Uh, <laughs> Spritz and Giggles? It's a sparkling wine. It's from California. Lodi, California. I've never heard of Lodi, California, mm-hmm. but... There we go! <laughs> Um, it's 11%. The reviews vary. I think predominantly it has decent reviews, but it also has a bunch of bad reviews. So, the review that I would like to talk about today. So, from Brian, uh, he gave it one and a half stars. And he says... Remember the smell of a pool floaty the first time you blew into it to inflate it? That's how this wine tastes. There is potential under the surface. It's just suffocated by a plastic paste. (laughs) And I would have to agree. What does it smell like? It's pretty gross. What does it smell like? It doesn't smell like plastic. It It smells like champagne. What does it taste like? It... It has a slight chlorine smell. I definitely get the plastic that he's talking about. It is not good. <laughs> it's not. Love, love your faces. Um, a lot. <laughs> it's really bad. It needs, like, it, it needs orange juice really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, a lot of the reviews said it was too yeah. sweet. Um, I don't really taste the sweetness as much as I taste, um, just bad. (laughs) Well, you didn't tell me. So that's what we're drinking here today. You didn't tell me what we were drinking until right before we started recording. (laughs) So I'm stuck with fucking... Yeah, because we we got it right today. Well, I got Truly with a hint of pomegranate. And I hate Truly, so... At least it's something I don't like. Also, it's really warm. This stuff is nasty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's move on, Hope. Okay, so Dylan Sicaccio grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, in Providence, Rhode Island, before moving to Manhattan at 18 years old to pursue his career as an actor. He grew up playing every sport, fishing, sailing, and breaking rules. 
He's been writing for as long as he's been acting and playing guitar for 12 years in the style of John Frusciante and Jim Henry. Fucking doubt that. That's a goddamn lie. (laughs) No one plays like Jimi Hendrix. Except Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix. You don't play like Jimi Hendrix unless... Wait, wrong person. Never mind. Who were you thinking of? I was thinking of that guy who, like, had sex with his guitar on on uh, stage in the 70s. Is that not Jimi Hendrix? Or are you thinking of... No, I'm not thinking We're not old Prince. enough to really know. I think you might... I think I think you're I, talking about Jimi Hendrix. No, I don't... I don't think it was Jimi Hendrix. I think it Should was Should we look this else. up? Whatever. None of us are <laughs> old enough to remember this. Um... Let's also, see. do you guys know who John Frusciante is? Me neither. Not. <laughs> no. Some, Unless... Probably someone, like, super pretentious, if I had to guess. Must be some highfalutin guitar player. Yeah. Um, he moved to Los Angeles at 20 years old temporarily before moving there permanently the following year. In his never-ending journey to attain his highest and best self, he explored many different avenues. The 2008 crash jolted him into, jolted him to awaken from the American nightmare of being a gangster for capitalism. What? Among the many screenplays he wrote, <laughs> his magnum opus is *The Tale of Honora*, which is. Uh, what we're reading is book we read one for this yeah. episode. So it's so he wrote it's a book screenplay one. for it. That is his magnum. He's opus, written other screenplays, is, but this is the one he's particularly proud of. <laughs> okay, it doesn't matter. A series that is a metaphorical tale of his life. Is it? <sighs> Having read it, I have a problem. <laughs> I I, have, I take issue believing that, personally. Um, but moving on, for every thousand people hacking at the branches of evil, only one, only one is hacking at the root of it. It's not him. <laughs> oh my god. In The Boy and the Peddler of Death, every conscious solution to today's collectivist problems is blended into a fantasy tale that tells the story of us all. For there is no great story that did not dance with the truth. <sighs> oh I my just... god. It's it's amazing, like reading these, so these I these I think are largely written by the author if and I think that these are like if you're a self published author, these are written by the author for themselves. And it is amazing how much these about the author sections that they write for themselves say <laughs> about the author more than they know. More it, than they know. He gave us his life because he was story. Really trying for something here. His life fucking story. No that one was, needs to know that. That was exhausting. Yeah, I'm just tired. Can we just end it here? <laughs> oh my God. No, it's already, it's already, like, all of the reviews that we'll get into later, but, like, just spoiler alert, a lot of the reviews said that his book sounded just super pretentious. And just reading this, yeah, believable. Um, so, anyway, he is an actor, he has an IMDb page, he 
It's pretty prolific in that <gasps> regard. You know and, who? Uh, and what that means is he was a extra. You, you, you know what I just realized he kind of looks like? The Walmart brand of Ben Wyatt. The front? Oh, never mind. He looks like an off-brand of Ben Wyatt. I did. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he, he does. <laughs> I disagree as well because I googled... I googled him to look at his IMDb and um, some pictures of him, and I just like he this just looks like a normal guy. The, this picture we have here um, does not look like him in real life. Yeah, in real life, I'd say he's actually much better looking than he is in this photo that that's, we have. Oh, I was gonna say he was much plainer looking. Well, oh, he has a I, revolver. He he's wearing a photo. fancy outfit, and he's got that pulled back Victorian esque hair. And he's trying to be. He looks like he belongs on the set of Hamilton as an extra. Um, regardless, yes. I was gonna mention he looks exactly like the the art on the front of his book. <gasps> does he? He does. No. Look at it. Don't they look? They look the same. I, I'm gonna have to agree they with Hope on this same. one. I also disagree. I no, they look the disagree same. Disagree with everything you two have He said looks about like an off brand Ben, ben Wyatt in his author picture. No. In his author doesn't. picture, he does. No, he doesn't. No. Like, look, look at a picture oh at, of Ben Wyatt, Adam Scott, and then oh look God. at, yeah, no. he looks like an off brand of Adam Scott in this picture. Well,. Anyways, <laughs> moving Did on. Did you know today is his birthday? Gonzo's? Oh, Adam Scott's birthday. Oh, no. Happy birthday, yeah, I guess, I Adam Scott. I saw that on Instagram. I thought you were talking about your cat. Like, Happy birthday, biatch. Um, <laughs> anyways, let's continue about this horrible book. Yeah, um, so anyway, his, his uh, photo... It looks exactly the way you'd think a person who wrote that about themselves would look. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, okay. I have to try and figure out how to add pictures to our website so they can see it. it. He's just not really helping himself. I think for me, the about the author that he has here and the photo to go with it, it just looks like he is trying way too hard. He's trying way too hard and... That's all there is Hope. to it. <laughs> Hope, why don't you give us a little a little tidbit about the author that you found yesterday? So, while I was researching this book, I had just finished it. Um, I was looking up his name to make sure that he was the actor and author. And found out that he has made sort of a name for himself as an author... Not in a good way, because on Goodreads, and this is something that I've never thought about. Like, it actually kind of freaked me out a little bit. But authors frequent Goodreads, <laughs> and they read people's reviews. This guy read a one-star review of his book and went ballistic on the reviewer. It was just one one-star review. And he went ballistic. And then I looked another um, another review down. I think it was a two-star review. And he had also gone ballistic on that reviewer as well. 
And it was such a big thing. This was like five or six years ago. But it was such a big thing in the Goodreads community that there are articles all over the place about this author that read a bad review and went absolutely ballistic and like some of the excerpts because he afterwards I'm sure he like came down from whatever drug he was on <laughs> and realized that oh this is a bad look for me this is a bad look so he deleted all of his comments but everyone else kept their comments up so I read through some of them but there was some screen captures um, that they had taken before he deleted them. And uh, he was saying things like, I think you should take this one-star review down because, you know, nothing about having a small business and having to keep afloat and how these reviews can detrimentally affect the business and this just means that you are actively trying to destroy me and my business do you have any idea how hard my life is and it just kind of went on like that and he just went at these reviewers and it was not something that I had ever thought about because I've I've been on Goodreads I try to um go to a different book review app that I have on my phone because it's not owned by Amazon but it's really hard to avoid Goodreads especially when we're doing this kind of stuff and you have to research it so I've frequented Goodreads, and I have never, ever once thought about the possibility that an author that I leave a review on could come back and read mine and get pissy. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I... that was like a big, huge deal about five or six years ago when he did that, and he went ballistic. So there's all sorts of articles online about his Goodreads meltdown. Um, yeah, and then he went on to say things like, you're slandering my book, you're, you're slandering me. And a lot of the replies to him in the Goodreads comments were, like, one, you found, like, one of only, like, 7% bad reviews. <laughs> they were like, you have so many other good reviews, why did you find this one person and then decide to target them? <laughs> and go ballistic and two as an author you should not be reading the goodreads reviews and you if you do you should be able to take the criticism better than that and not accuse people of slandering your work by the way guys that's not how slander works this person wasted their time reading this book and they wasted more of their time trying to put in a constructive criticism. By the way, a lot of these comments weren't rude. Like they weren't saying like straight up that his book just sucked. They're like, we didn't like this book because of these things, which is what yeah, constructive yeah. criticism is. It like, you can say someone's a dick, but you can't like, but you have to tell them why they're a dick so they can stop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, but there's more. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have rather you got your money back than curse my book with your toxic opinion of it because it's in your rights to do so. Do you have empathy? Do you know what it's like to make something for a living? 
Are you human? Or do you just look at other people like they're automatons that you can slander as though your actions don't manifest consequences? <laughs> it's a fucking book review. It's just a fucking book review. Kate S's side, what you're doing in the bigger picture is waging war on the consciousness of humanity. Your book's not that good. It is me. not. It is not that deep, bro. Okay, hang on. Just hey, just bear with me. I can't. I'm getting so mad. What bothers me is when people that operated at a low level of consciousness defame the work of people that are trying to help humanity, and no one helps humanity better than the artists. Here's the thing. You're not smart. <laughs> you are not smart. You're not smart if you keep saying that you're smart. That's not how it fucking works. <laughs> you're immoral for defending this one-star review. What is wrong with your poisoned worldview? All uppercase. <laughs> Where you cannot... Keep going. Where you cannot understand the damage that a one-star review does. Someone that leaves a one-star review on someone's work who didn't wrong them, who they've never met, that is the measure of a bad person. And then let me also say that he, as he was writing this um, comment to this person's review, the, the editing goes downhill. So he uses the wrong they, uh, that's, um, he keeps using... All, all, there's all sorts of like editing mistakes, and it I, just makes me say, I, it just makes me think that he was extremely angry that somebody did not like somebody his dared book. to not like his book. So here's the thing. Yeah. Oh, the if, fragility of a man's sensibilities. Yes. Well, it's like <laughs> and they some think women are emotional. <laughs> here's here's what's really upsetting is that a lot of people. I already okay. wine. I get it, okay? You put a piece of yourself into your writing, okay? Great. However, the review and critique on your book is not about your person. They are not critiquing you as an individual or as a person. They are critiquing the book that you made, and they care enough to give you constructive criticism because they want you to become better. And the fact that he can't get his fucking head out of his ass to see that and to understand that makes me so incensed because it gives... <laughs> my headphones just came off. Because it gives writers such a bad fucking name. Like, he didn't just... Tarnish and his he, brand, he tarnished, like, off, like independent authors. Yeah, and, and he sort of encapsulates, like, every terrible stereotype of what an author is in that little tirade. Um, like, that they're pretentious, wordy, um, think that they are of some higher consciousness... Yeah, like, pseudo-intellectual bullshit that he's spewing is really not helping the whole authorship game whatsoever. And, like, I can understand, as a person who 
like, my, like, publishes academically. I get terrified of people reviewing my work. It, it's a thing that I do. It is, like, my worst nightmare is having to look through somebody's edits of my work. <laughs> Getting see- my thesis finished has been terrifying. My anxiety has been top tier. I should have been medicated, but I wasn't. <laughs> and I get it. Like, it's scary. You're putting yourself out there, and it feels like when they say, I want you to say it like this, not like that, that they're saying something about you, but they're not. Right. And it's, it's just something you have to get over. Right. And it's like, as someone who has a minor in creative writing, a lot of my writing was being judged by my classmates and my professors, but also randomly by strangers because sometimes my, my professor was like oh let's just see what this random person in the coffee shop thinks of this short story and it's terrifying but also it's like you have to think of it as I want to be the best writer I can be and I cannot do that if I think I'm fucking perfect because I'm not mm-hmm. you just yeah. take that fucking criticism and you take it like a goddamn man, and you, you fucking like listen. You take it like a woman. Let's be take honest. It, yeah. You take it like you I have never. Down all of your feelings and emotions. <laughs> you bottle it up and you move the fuck on, like because a woman. Right, because it's <laughs> it's because, and I understand. It's really. I'm sorry. I'm getting flustered because I, yeah. I hate this so much because. It is an opinion. It's not slander. It's not defamation. It's fuck. It's a fucking opinion. And you can't be throwing those fucking words around like you're Donald Trump. Okay? Not allowed. Yeah. Yeah. And and if I can put my two cents on this. Sorry, Jennifer. Go ahead. (laughs) Um. So as somebody who uh is medicated for anxiety and depression right now. And then also was an art major where the TAs, their sole purpose was to rip you apart. Yes. And, and make tell you, you how horrible you are. Yeah, and tell <laughs> you how absolute trash you are. Yeah. Um, I understand. I literally had a uh, art TA who came in and she broke somebody's art piece and she was like mm, oh well it looks better this way <laughs> i remember oh you God. telling me that <laughs> oh my, wasn't that freshman and year I personally yeah i personally yeah. thought it was fine and i thought that she made it worse but that's just me that was her opinion and that was her job as the ta and if we kind of look at the reviews as like it's their job as readers to review yeah. and give their opinions. It's literally the exact same thing. Yeah. But to be fair, I just want to be kind of the devil's advocate here for him. Um, I've definitely had, like, anxiety moments or anxiety attacks, I guess, where I just, like, I've either had too much caffeine or something terrible has happened to me that day, and I, like, go on Facebook, and I'm like, blur to blur to blur to blur, this was, no, not true, don't listen to this, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And it takes 
it takes, you just take a minute and you're like, wow, I was in a place then and I need to remove this. <laughs> well, yeah, like, um, we all have those moments. I'm not saying that that's what he did. Well, I but... think the difference is, like, this is a person who apparently already believes that they have reached the pinnacle of whatever it is they think being an author is. Yeah, they, he already thinks they, he's at the top. Yeah, he he already just oozes hey, pretension. <laughs> but like like I was saying, like when I um when I was just first drafting like my thesis and my masters, I was so scared because I I didn't think that I knew anything. I thought my writing was trash. I thought everybody was going to look at it and laugh at me. I was absolutely terrified. And then I sent it, I gave it to uh, one of my classmates as a peer review. And she was a PhD student. She knew what she was talking about. She looked at it and gave me so many edits. And it made me feel shitty. It made me feel so, so bad. And I went through it and realized that she had misunderstood what I was writing about. And then I, then I was like, incensed, right? I was like, oh, oh, well, she doesn't know what she's talking about. That's not even what I'm talking about. And then I took a second and I said, wait a second. What does that say about my writing? And then I realized I never told anyone in my fucking thesis what it was about. <laughs> what it was about because it was so like vaguely loose around the subject I had chosen to write about that I was researching that nobody could tell what I was talking about <laughs> so I had to take even though I was like oh she has no idea what she's talking about she thought I was talking about this other thing it's not even what I'm talking about I was like shit that is a reflection of me that is a reflection of my writing. She must misunderstood because I wrote it so poorly <laughs> that she couldn't understand. This PhD student, she is currently like a professor somewhere else. She couldn't understand what I was saying. <laughs> and I think I think that's a really important thing to learn is like the people that are asking questions and are give and are giving this feedback, they're not like doing it to be assholes. It's because Oh my god, well, that was gross. You can't do that. You just you can't just spit your wine back in the glass. That is nasty. I didn't want to swallow it. I was afraid I was going to projectile spit it into mattress. Go 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 get you some whiskey and hot water or something. Alright. Anyway, so <laughs> it, like I said, they're not writing it to be dicks. They're writing it's, it because they have questions that the author didn't answer in their fucking book. Right. And yeah. to be clear, the review that he um, responded to was like maybe two sentences long. And it said, I didn't enjoy this because it was wordy and sounded pretentious. And let's be real. His book was wordy and it sounded pretentious. Like... <laughs> There was a bunch of pseudo-philosophical bullshit going on. 
Yeah. Okay, well, we haven't even started talking about the book. (laughs) Let's just wait. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've beat this. Yeah. We we beat this horse. It's way past dead now. So, uh, let's go. Oh, wait, we didn't talk about his YouTube channel. Ugh, he has a YouTube channel. I only, That's it. I only watch one video. He has like 150 followers. It's It was about it's juicing. It's like 150 follower YouTube channel. It's fine. Um, okay, we talked about it. So the cover art, I mean, the cover art is pretty much just like any other like, like fantasy book. Fantasy. Yeah. Um. It's cool it's looking. Of a dude, and he has like a. It looks like a like an Irish. It looks like a Celtic. Yes, yeah, it's a Celtic. Celtic it's like, a Celtic symbol. Uh, yeah. Tried yeah. Thingy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I in, get it. In Lutheranism, we would say it's uh the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's it's just called the Celtic knot. It's to represent. Okay. I forgot what it's supposed yeah, to represent. Yes. It's supposed to represent yeah, something. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So it's it's just like any other fantasy book. Yeah, it looks cool. There's two white people on the cover. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then, uh, do you want me to read what the back of the book says? Oh, yes, I do. Do it, because it's... <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> Everyone get comfy. It's get a long ready. one. Get ready. We're going to do this. Okay. For what shall it profit a man? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. At the core of this tale is a love story that spans a lifetime, wrapped in a gritty, epic, real man's fantasy that anyone can sink his or her teeth into. It is a beacon of truth in an enslaved world suffering from moral relativism and willful, sorry, willful ignorance in the presence of knowledge, capitalized. I don't, don't, why is it capitalized? I don't know, I copied and pasted it. (laughs) Well, to be fair, like, within the book, there were a few um, blatant typos. Oh, that's that's kind it's of. It's on what purpose. You get, when you get an Amazon. Yeah. It's yeah, on that's purpose. What that's what he wanted. For the mature fans of Harry Potter. Oh, you lost Game your fancy Thrones, voice. Lord of the Rings, Elder Scrolls, Legend <laughs> of Zelda, Guild of Wars, World of Warcraft, Fable, and Dragon Age. The tale of Anora follows the journey of a young orphan after his village is destroyed and he is forced to grow up in a dangerous world. As he navigates through different walks of life, he begins to uncover a conspiracy as to why his village was destroyed. Before he can put the pieces together, his fate is sealed by a terrible war. I'm loving it, Juniper. I'm enthralled. His actions turn him into a legendary hero. The more renowned he gets, the closer the source of evil is drawn to him. The more he fights for the truth, the more of an outlaw he becomes. In book one, a boy at the why is that capital? I just, I just copied and pasted it. 
It was what he wanted. Look, I'm not even that good at grammar and editing, and I'm catching these. Okay. A boy at the brink of adulthood travels beyond the ruins of an ancient elven city to the crow... <laughs> to the crown of the world. No, it's me. It's me. It's me. You can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. Keep fucking going. To the crown of the world in the far north. <laughs> It is there where he meets his father for the first time in search of the answers and reasons his mother refuses to discuss. At the risk of his life, he learns that finding the truth requires knowing the tale of Anora. Can we talk like okay, this for the rest of the, the episode? Book, I did not get any of that. Yeah, no, I did the I entire book, and that is not what I got from it at all. <laughs> Maybe Shall I'm an idiot, and I'm not, and and I'm not like on that higher plane of consciousness that this author is. But like, I read the entire thing, and anyways, none of I that happened. Comment, but we can talk about it later. Has to do with Legend of Zelda. <laughs> okay. Unnecessary capitalizations. <laughs> yeah. Shall we um, start? I'm gonna follow Juniper's Juniper's way. I'm gonna I'm gonna start the story summary. Yeah. Fuck. The book, the book opens with the man who we later find out is named Wooden Caliph, standing outside of an elven city, and he has a power that will help him destroy the current system because he wants to fix it and make it better. He completely destroys Chael de Trezen with the <laughs> Trivium, which... Which we never learn what exactly it is. That's for the second book. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. The book... The, sorry, I'm making myself laugh with this. The book Guys, then... he listens to this. Oh, he would be fucking pissed, bro. Man. He would leave a review. He'd leave us a one-star review. scathing review about how we were slandering his work. It's defamation. <laughs> I'll let him. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Our, our podcast yeah, tanks because... Yeah, to my lawyers, buddy. Maybe we don't you have lawyers, ho. the person that listens to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> The book then jumps to a couple of hundred years, where a boy walks up to a castle. There's a lady, and she sees two people talking, which I'm assuming is the dad and the son. Also, these people don't have names. They don't have names. <laughs> like, the, like, the mother... The mother is called Lady. The, the son is called Boy. And the dad's called man. Yeah. There's no fucking Wait, names in here. really highbrow, man. Is that's it? Some real philosophical shit. Sounds real lazy to me. Come <laughs> up with some good fucking names for Christ's sake. Jesus. Okay. Where did I... Oh, gotcha. I found it. <clears throat> we find out that the boy that was walking to the city is the son of the desert queen. Uh, well, father I didn't get that. I didn't get that either. It <laughs> happened later on, like, in chapter four. It, he talks uh, about... So he asks him... So... 
Also, there's a fucking blizzard going on that the dad is using to keep the mom's embassy away long enough for him to, like, tell his son all this shit. And it's like, if time is of the essence, maybe you shouldn't be talking in fucking metaphors and just answer the fucking questions straightforward. Shut the fuck up. You're, yeah, he abandoned, so the, oh. The, uh, the father talks in metaphors, answering the son's questions, which don't really make sense. Like, why did you abandon mom and I? Why can't you guys get back together? Why did you leave me? Do you not love me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was it my fault you guys got a divorce? (laughs) uh, Look. Divorce isn't funny. But like some trauma for some people. There's there's a good there's a good quote to like the son asking his dad why his dad abandoned his mom. And it's it's a goodie. Let me find it real fucking quick. Ah, here we go. So this the boy's like, I want you to tell me why you abandoned me and my mom. And the dad's like, uh, I told it to show you a life or something, and the and then the son's like, just fucking tell me. Like, just straight up fucking tell me. And the dad's like, truth is relative, the man replied. Our minds have a tendency remember to remember things only the way in which they happened to us, the way they made us feel. It results in us inadvertently lying about what we experienced. Blah, 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 blah. Garbage. Just... Dad, I, why did you abandon mom? Because I don't fucking like her, that's why. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, he explained eventually that his mom only had him so that... He wouldn't so attack her. Kid, yeah, the kid was insurance that dad wouldn't attack the desert queen. And yeah. that was about all there was to it. But he couldn't say that in chapter one, could he? No, he had to say that in chapter four. Yeah. So if okay. this is a story about the author's life, as he says in his biography. He had a fucked up childhood. I'm sorry your dad abandoned you. Yeah, I suppose that what that means is... His parents only had him to get their marriage to work, and it didn't work. We're speculating wildly here. We don't actually know that, but you know, therapist no, I Juniper, I'm sorry I think if that was not actually something that happened. I'm really sorry, but that's what I got. Uh, the father asks if his son. Oh, let me reread that. That sounded like I was drunk. Um, the father oh. asks Juniper. I took a sip. Sorry. <laughs> The father asks if his son wants to see the truth, and the son says yes. He calls a chalice and a fire to help make a tonic to make him go into the past. Which Hope fucking told me that the he poisoned his son, and I fucking believed her. You butt. That's not all what happened. I was right. Because the last of this. The last part of, like, the second chapter or something was the kid, like, did my dad just poison me? And I was sitting there like, I don't know, dude. (laughs) (laughs) The silent keepers are coming for me. No, bitch, they're there to guide you to the past. Calm down, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) She's not smart enough. (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah, uh, the author is very smart, so... He's at the top of the pinnacle, you guys. Like, you just don't even know. You just don't understand. God, his IQ must be, like, 160, right? Right. But a good... I think that's good. I don't know. I took an online quiz one time that said my IQ is 140, so, you know. (laughs) I don't know if that's good or not. Is that average? (laughs) Do I think it's just average? No. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. Okay, okay. The sun is thrown back on the day of the Great War. There's Alan... Who is escaping Califweld with her son while her husband is fighting the Great War? As Alwyn is escaping, the author is talking about the caste system that was built while Wooden was ruler. Apparently, he was immortal with the trivium, but returned it back to where he found it when he fell in love with his wife. That's bullshit. I want to be immortal. I want to now live everybody. What a dumb decision. Um. <laughs> That's real fucking boring. Uh, Alwyn makes it outside the city limits, and then she runs into a bear, which she kills and gets badly hurt because she scared it. Elia, who is an Amori, finds Alwyn and her son, Theon, and <laughs> takes... I thought it was Atheon. Maybe. I think like a atheist. for being an atheist. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He's so oh. woke. So woke. Totally. Um, and he loves that vegetable juice. His voice is so monotone. I got real bored real quick. I don't think I lasted five seconds. I. That's what my YouTube history says, is I watched five seconds of the video. <laughs> um, yeah. Elia, who is uh, an Amari, finds Alwyn and her son, Athian, and takes them to safety. Alwyn dies, and the author explains the loss Athian feels when his mother died, even though he's not even a day-old baby. I don't think babies remember if their moms die. If they die when they're babies. I don't know. My mom's still alive, so I want to know. The son wakes up and sees his father standing over him. They have a conversation about how the son thinks he'll be a good ruler. And his father is saying that's not true because a good man wouldn't want to be king and would know that there's no such thing as a good king. Well, of course. Well, of course. Somehow, they get from that conversation to his father saying that he loves the son. I totally forgot what happened in between there. I don't think it was important. Oh, yeah. The son says that you're the fucking peddler of death, and I'm the boy of the peddler of death. And it's like, how, what the fuck does that even mean? We'll get to it. I got notes. I got notes. The father asks... you know? Oh my god. The father asks if his son wants to see more of the truth, and the son says yes. He says a few magical words and drinks the liquid. The sun is thrown back in time. A little, er, ten years later, I think. I don't know. There's no, no one knows how old Atheon is at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot Did to write. Didn't you get the metaphor that said he was 17? 
No. Is he? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no it was 12. It was within oh. the he's father's... A, he's a 12-year-old boy. It says so it he's Harry Potter's time. age is what I'm fucking getting from this. Okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I the didn't pay attention to that, apparently. It's fine, I didn't either. The Thalian tree summons a fairy named Danny and sends the fairy to bring Athian to it. Danny goes out and finds out about a kid named Chaco, who is a dick, and <laughs> told others that he was picked by the Thalian tree, although it was not true. Athian has a nightmare about being outside the Califian walls. And there's a girl riding away on a horse with an elf. Oh, man, I went Eastern there. Then he gets killed. He tells Danny that it started when Chaco came. They head to the forest. The book then ends with a man and a boy sitting down to eat. And the man said the boy should get used to it now that he's part of the family. But we don't know if it's the fucking dad and the son. There are two other characters named Man and Boy. There are, yeah. there are four characters. Two of them are Boy, and two of them are Man. So, um... How smart is this guy again? I'm just wondering. I got questions. So, so it's funny that he mentions the Legend of Zora... The Legend of Zora... The Legend of Zelda it's a good in movie. his yeah. um, biography, in his book description, yeah, description yeah. was, um, because the fourth chapter, all I could envision was the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. There was a tree with human characteristics that called a boy to it. A fairy <laughs> went to go get the boy so he could go see the tree. <laughs> and and there were also these bits and pieces where, like, the boy's friends would say hi and, like... What, like, you and, know what's also really... Exactly, so the intro of The Legend of Zelda was exactly that. And so I don't know if he, he was just, like... That's neat. I'm gonna take that, or or what was going on there? Because the Daku tree in the Legend of Zelda is exactly what he describes, and then the fairy coming to summon the boy. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> and, then, and then, so like the entire time I was reading the fourth chapter in my head. The theme song, The Legend of Zelda in the Forest, was going Yeah, you're talking to two people who grew up on The Legend of Zelda and played it like eight times. I love it and I loved both and I love both of you, so I don't see it as as a punishment. I see reading this book as a punishment. Yeah. But yeah. also... Hey! Hey! He, hey! Hello! <laughs> and the, I remember at school you guys would do that all the time. Just not for any reason. Just for funsies. Kind of like how we broke out in the David Bowie song from The Labyrinth. 
Yeah. Just randomly. But uh, I wanted to say he was mixing up a lot of mythology stuff, and he didn't really use them correctly. He was, because, so it's set in, like, Nordic mythology. But he doused it with Celtic mythology. And although similar, not the same fucking thing. Not the same fucking thing. Not the same fucking thing. And he probably had some big grand reason for why they exterminated the Nords in the book. Like, the very first Uh, thing was, like, a giant genocide of the Nords. It was of the Nordic elves. So... I don't remember exactly the reason why he did it, but I think from what I remember, reason he just he just yeah, and and then and then they didn't like explain anything afterwards either. That was another problem. I think what he was going for was that this the boy drank this stuff that sent him back and forth through different memories maybe through the eyes of different people and i i think that might have been what he was going for but it just confused the reader because there was no rhyme or reason to what he was talking about at any one time yeah it was convoluted as fuck extremely what i would have liked is if we had just gotten like if we had the prologue of like wooden Caliph, like, decimating the city. And then the rest of the book was him just, like, us seeing the build-up to why he did it. And then the second book, and then, like, at the end of the book could be, like, this boy that was born that is, like, hope, you know? Like, fucking Harry Potter. And then the second book could be, like, this boy growing up to, like, defeat within caliph and you know you know what i mean like there i have no a lot of questions going through the entire thing i don't know no. what he's talking about other than the main character being 12 we don't know if that's the main character able to use certain powers that can he just, you cannot just say that it's like Harry Potter. Or if you like Harry Potter, then you'll like this book. That is not... That's saying 2 plus 2 equals 7, man. That's not the same thing. No, that's saying I'm 2 plus this. 2 equals C. It's... You C. can't have a number equal a letter. That's not how it works. There was another thing that kind of bothered me throughout the book. Um, mm-hmm. Not only was... It a less than 100 page book that felt like it took years to get through. Yeah. Um, there were some, I think, intentional, like, suggestions about mm-hmm. what the different elf casts, let's say, um, were supposed to be like, human race-wise. Yeah. 
there were some parts that felt like vaguely racist to me (laughs) maybe other people like didn't get that and i am just reading way too much into this no but like i did too the cat features people i was like well (laughs) the cat feature people where they had like cat eyes that and they used seduction as like their their um defense or like the the way they defended themselves and how other men lusted for them i was just like ah it's like the fetishes fetishization of asians it it, oh yeah it just like reminded me of the fetishization the fetishized aapi community and it's not what they need it's not what they need it's not yeah no not at all so i don't know what he was trying to do there but that's what i got and it was like uncomfy yeah um here's and there were some other instances i can't remember for the life of me the character but they called him the caliph and that like very it, it may have just been his title it may have been his name i cannot remember but the caliph is like a very specific title for the Muslim community. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's something. It's enough to get me wondering. That's for sure. <laughs> Here's, I, I skimmed through most of chapter three because it talked about locations of places and, like, what people live in those places, how they got there, how the system was set up, and why the Great War was happening in the first place, which I still don't fucking know why. But it's like, why are you giving that to me? Why couldn't you have done... This book was off. It, why, yeah. like, there's a way to, like, dump exposition throughout, like, the story, and when you dump so much exposition, like, in one fucking chunk, you're gonna lose your readers. No you're one's gonna read about, it. You're talking about chapter three, right? Chapter yeah. Three, where it where it's like, like Alwyn is escaping the woods. Yeah, and it's explaining like all of the stuff the that, like, Wooden Caliph did and, or Caliph and, like, what he did and all this stuff and it's like also why are you calling him wooden i, I that's his name woden 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 we're i thought it was wooden caliph scandinavian look let's um, keep this trend going of us never pronouncing names correctly yeah <laughs> so i thought i i was reading the book yesterday and I just came and I took a break every chapter, right? So I got you to had three. to. Yeah, it was exhausting. Yeah. I got to chapter three and I walked into the office room, extra room, and I looked at Hope and I was like, "He is spewing so many words on the paper, but nothing is being said." Correct at all. Totally. <laughs> This entire book is fluff. And I remember, I think I, I told you this when we were roommates, but um, 
when I was in English in college, and, you know, like, freshman, sophomore year was this, like, you had to adjust to actually doing stuff. Yeah, you had to actually, like, write your papers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. In high school, you could get away with just kind of, like, you know, putting stuff in and not really trying that hard. But in college, it was like, boom, all of a sudden I have to try. And my yeah. college... Sometimes. Per- sometimes. Sorry. And my college professor, actually, I think he was just a TA, he wrote on one of my English papers, he was like, Juniper, you're a good writer, but you don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trash and I know it. <laughs> I'm not actually saying anything. There is 1,200 words on this paper, but nothing is being said. (laughs) (laughs) And that is how I felt with this book. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would have been... So I like the parts with Alwyn, you know, because it was a character with a name with a face, and she had a job. Get her baby and herself to safety. I liked those. Okay, parts, but, but the exposition. I yeah, I, the exposition was like she goes into the woods, and then and then like exposition happens for the majority of the chapter, and then we get to the battlefield, which was pretty, which was actually pretty good, because he's talking about like this magic person on the Caliphian side, where she just reanimates corpses. And she just has them, like... like magic on crack. Yeah, like, I was like, okay, I'm on board, and then exposition. I'm like, I'm not on board. I'm off board. And then it went back to Alwyn. When he had something good, he immediately switched to something not good. Yeah. It's, It's like he's like, oh, this part is good. Well, how can I make it better? Like, that's how I think of it in his mind. Or, no, actually, here's how I think of it. This is how a lot of writers tend to, like, write their rough drafts, where they're like, okay, this scene is happening, like, this character's doing this. Oh, fuck, but then I gotta say, like, this exposition happened, like, 50 years ago and such thing, and then they're like, oh, okay, now I can go back to this scene. Like, they write things out of order, and that's what this book feels like to me. It's like he just wrote his train of thoughts. He just wrote his train of thoughts on a piece of paper, and then he published it and called it not perfection. It's nothing. Everything that he says, he could put this book in probably 20 pages. Yeah, if you took out all the garbage, like if you took out the father and the son who have no fucking names, okay, you just have Woden, Caliph, as... Like, the first chapter. And then you just have Alwyn and her... Like, Alwyn trying to escape the city that Wooden is trying to destroy. Then you have her husband fighting on the side against Caliph. Caliph... I'm gonna keep mispronouncing his name. I don't fucking care. Like, he's trying to fight him. And then, like, you just take everything else out. You don't need that exposition. It's unnecessary. Juniper, don't die on me. I Yeah, he was trying to, like... He was trying to tell us about, like, the racism going on and yeah. and caste systems and obviously Xenophobia. the capitalistic machine that we're all caught in. 
he was super into talking about like how capitalism is bad, which he's not wrong. And yeah, he wanted everyone to know that having like an imperialistic ruler is is not the way to go and stuff. It was just like he had a lot of ideas and didn't know how to put it down. Tell us like it was so for like the first chapter, the dad just spoke in riddles for like the entire first chapter or second chapter, wherever he came in. And then and, and, and it was like you wrote in riddles for the first two chapters, so why the hell are you just throwing it into our face now? Yeah, it's like... is bad! You already fucking it said it. It really obvious. Well, if he had just taken the exposition in chapter three and put it as Woden Caliph's motivation, you know... As to for destroying that city, it would have made sense instead of the drivel we got with this nonsense. Like, look, we just fucking wrote your book for you. You're fucking welcome. Come at me, yeah, bro. Yeah, and 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 um, another thing was that what a lot of the reviewers complained about was how wordy and pretentious everything sounded. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it was, like, poorly written, because he does have a style and a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I did start a list of all the words I thought were unnecessary and annoying, and I think I got up to, like, 87 on my Do you want to just pick your top three? I don't think we want to have our episode, like, four hours long. <laughs> Give me your top ten. Yeah, he he did put in like suffused. That's a fun one. Uh, What does that one mean, Hope? Oh, that's right. Suffused, gradually spread through or over. Can you Uh, put it in a sentence? Yes. The woman approached a shelf and picked up a black leather casing. The casing had engravings carved into it that had been suffused by melted silver. I mean, I guess that um, makes sense. You know, but it's unnecessary. Um, let's see. Rapacious. What does let that mean? Use it in, let me use it in a sentence for you. It means aggressively greedy or grasping. Um, which I've heard before and used, but still. Uh, evil's ability to survive is cultivated by the rapacious yearning within the minds of men. Um, let's see huh. here. Okay, I can see that. Servility, amity. Yeah. There were just a lot of things I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. He wants to show off how smart he is, but at the same time he showed off how he's not that smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, smart, like, really smart people just don't drop big words like that to make themselves sound smart because they know they're smart. They can articulate their words in a way for other people to understand them. And the fact he has to prove to people that he's smart by using these words proves that he's, you know. The smartest people can communicate in a way anybody from any educational background can understand. Exactly. It's how can you communicate your ideas and your and the information you need to share to other people 
in a way that they'll understand without talking down to them and being respectful yeah. to them. Yeah. So in anthropology, there's a problem with um, especially armchill. <laughs> Um, especially armchair anthropologists and archaeologists um, yeah. kind of making academic papers only accessible to academics. Right. Not in that you can't, as a uh, regular laden person, um, get the article, but that they use terms that are so... Um, specific to anthropology or archaeology or something that mm -hmm. only you would know as an anthropologist or archaeologist. Um, they use terms like that in their articles and research yeah. papers so that just regular people wouldn't be able to understand unless they take a long time to actually research all the things in the papers um, that they didn't understand. And that's kind of what this book reminded me of. It was mm -hmm. like a gatekeeper type thing, which is a, in the academic world a really big thing right now. Um, gatekeeping, not only uh, intellectual academic people are allowed to understand these things. Well, and that he right. sort of proved... In his little um, temper Tyrade. tantrum. Yeah, within his little temper tantrum on Goodreads, he proved that his work, he, like, even though he spent so much time and affection on this book that uh, he wants everyone to know that racism is bad and, you know, caste systems <laughs> are bad. Um, I kind of wish she so told me sooner time. so I could have bought that wine. It's bad. He spent so much time trying to tell everyone so prettily about these issues. And then in the span of one evening, probably drunk on Goodreads, he told everybody, no, it's not meant for you if I think you're too stupid to read it. Yeah. Like, yeah. talk about gatekeeping your own work. Yeah. He literally told these people, if you're not smart enough to get it, then get off Goodreads. Like, what the hell, bro? Yeah. yeah that's some fucked up shit. Yeah, he sounds like you, a complete douche nozzle. Yeah, you, you sh as an author, you douche nozzle. Yeah, as an author, you shouldn't be gatekeeping your own work because the more people that read it and like it, the more money you're gonna make off of it. Right. Yeah, and, I and, and like the more people that it. understand it, the more they're going to recommend it to other people, and then the more money you're going to make right. off of it. And let's let's face it, like nowadays, people, um, their attention spans are getting shorter. People are spending way more time on their computers, on their phones, on whatever yeah. device, on social media. We communicate in like fifty character pieces, right? Like on Twitter. Right on Facebook, what have you, on these social media platforms, um, nowadays, to be able to keep the attention of younger people who have grown up um, 
with social media, fast-paced social media, where you have to keep their attention, otherwise it's going somewhere else. Um, yeah, not. I need time to, like, read this. I could not. I instead cleaned my living room <laughs> because I didn't want to read this because it was not enjoyable. It was really hard. Uh, As an author, you should not be making your reader feel stupid for not understanding what you're writing. If your reader can't understand what you're writing, that's your fault. That fall down is on you. Yeah, you shouldn't be alienating your your readers. Absolutely not. And the only person that's destroying his small indie business is his attitude. And the way he acts. And it comes through with this book. Through his writing. Well, and there's something to be said about even getting your book published. It's a lot of Um, work. I think nowadays, yeah, I think nowadays it's, um, it's a little bit easier in the way that you can go through Amazon or other indie publishers. Yep. But even still, getting your book published is hard and it's worked and you have to give them credit for that. Yeah, and then I, and I think to that point, like for uh, like indie book authors, um, <laughs> it's the ghost uh, in your house. For in, indie book authors, uh, I understand where he's coming from in the fact that, like, you know, this is where he's making his money, and he's an actor. I don't know. Um, and like. You know, it's kind of feast or famine in the way that, like, there's work or there's not work. And especially with coronavirus right now, it's really hard. Um, but even even with that, the way that you connect with your readers, I don't want to say, like, fans, because I'm kind of talking more about how he interacted with the Goodreads review, yeah. Um, but the way that you connect with your readers <laughs> is really important, especially nowadays when everything is on the internet. Just because he deleted his comments does not mean that it's not there forever. I mean, well, it's also left an imprint. Yeah. Well, it's also like with it's kind of like with actors, right? You go meet your favorite actor, you find out they're a fucking asshole, and you don't like them anymore. You know, it's. These, it's like the way you react to a situation just it shows on you as an individual, mm-hmm. not on the person who you think is instigating it. If anything, this show it just shows how self conscious he is about his work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So since we said all of that, what are th- for each of us? What are three things we like about the book? Okay, I'll start. <laughs> he did have... The writing was good. I enjoyed some parts. However pretentious. Even though some of it... Most of it was pretentious, there were parts that weren't. And those were the parts I enjoyed. Which was Owlin and Athian. I, I enjoyed those parts. Everything else I hated. Uh, I thought... The structure was decent. There was more structure here than Monster Whisperer and The Midnight Sins. 
And like you said, and to your point, Hope, he has a distinct voice. And I think it's very important for an author to have to differentiate themselves from other authors. Those are the only three nice things I can think of right now. (laughs) I think I like that it's fantasy. I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It is better writing uh, and probably far superior to any other book that we'll probably read as far as uh, self-published goes. Um, Because like I said, anybody can pump out a book anymore. And there has been a sharp decline in the quality of literature out there. Right. In the self-published arena. Um, well, and anybody can pay somebody to like their book now. Oh, yeah, you can buy likes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I think my third thing is his dad told him he loved him at the end. <laughs> that was nice. Okay. Juniper. Um, so, I'm gonna copy and say that I liked I actually liked his writing um I thought it was way better than anything that we've read so far um other than the the constant metaphors that a lot of times just didn't make any sense um but that's probably just me and not being smart enough um (laughs) I liked the story However, like, inconsistent it was within the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, okay, I am, I love The Legend of Zelda, so I can't not like this book, I think. Um, for that aspect, I didn't actually like this book, but I did like that. I, I can't tell if I think that he just genuinely ripped off the intro to the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time or not. I think, I think he knows of it. I think he tried to, like, build off of it. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, I like that. I want to put that in a book. And I'm going to somehow make yeah, it my I'm own. So take that and hope I'm gonna, nobody notices. I'm going <laughs> to put the kibosh to that. Um, <laughs> specifically because the writer, author, owner of uh, the Zelda, the Legend of Zelda series has specifically said he does not want um, any sort of, like, made-for-TV movie or, like, movie franchise to move in on the story of Legend of Zelda because of but the there quality. there an entire TV show based on it. Was there? Yeah. Anyway, so... I don't <laughs> he must have changed his words. mind. So, no, but he... The, the owner said, the reason why I don't want there to be a movie of The Legend of Zelda is because I've seen the movies that people have made about great, great games and they've all been shit and that's not gonna happen to my game game i mean fair enough i liked it which what did you like juniper the legend of zelda ocarina of time i thought you were talking about a video game movie i mean people liked tomb raider that's a video game (laughs) 
I mean, it is, yes, it is a video game, and it is I'm just is trying to scrape movie. the bottom of the but barrel Tomb here. Raider, Tomb Raider didn't really have, like, a super involved plot to no. do with the game, so they could do anything in a movie and it would be fine. It had Angelina Jolie. And her boobs, and it would be fine, but... <laughs> and a braid. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> The Legend of Zelda, specifically the Ocarina of Time, has a very complicated and involved plot. And the idea of seeing that made into a movie, I think, is terrifying. Because they <laughs> would wouldn't make almost certainly fuck it up. What if it was, like, a limited Anyways, TV but I didn't series? I my third one. Okay, say your third one, Juniper. What's your third one? Um, so my third one is that it had an ending. Did it? No, it didn't. You're a fucking liar. It did not. That's a joke. (laughs) It's not a fucking joke. There wasn't an ending. His dad was like, I love you, son. And that's where it ended. No, No, it didn't end um, like that. We don't even know. Okay. Let's get to the parts where we did not like... Switching over, trying to figure out where the next page was. There wasn't another page. It was just done. Okay, let's now talk about what? What? Just keep going. Okay, (laughs) let's talk about what we did not like about the book. I'm going to go first. Oh, well, go for it. The ending wasn't an ending. Okay, first of all. That's Second, everybody's first thing. We don't even know if they're like the same man and the same boy. Because before that is Athian going into the forest. And then it, it, it goes to a man and a boy. Yeah. Yeah. And the second thing is, I don't like being talked down to like I'm a fucking idiot. I know. Doesn't mean you need to talk to me like I'm one. You can talk to me like I'm a goddamn adult, unless I specifically ask you to describe to things to me like I'm a five-year-old child, like I do with David sometimes. And thirdly... D- David is her boyfriend. David is my boyfriend. He's very smart, and sometimes I don't understand the things that he says to me, and so I have to even... He's very patient with me, so when I ask what for the third time in a row, he explains it to me again... And then I'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm too stupid. Can you please just talk to me like I'm five? And then he looks at me and he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's your and third thing? My third, my third thing is, um, I don't like, I don't care for the structure. And I think it could have been restructured better. Yes. I, I think it would have flown better if the motivation of the racism in chapter three was stated in chapter one, and that was the reason why Caliph was attacking the Elven City. Would have made some more sense to me. Motivation understood. Didn't get that till chapter three. When it was blatantly explained to me like I'm a five-year-old child without my consent. Okay, so one of the things I didn't like about it was just how he was. Um... We talked about this already, but the words that were not necessary, mm-hmm. it seemed like he would write and he'd be like, mm, 
what's another word for damsel? And then he would get a thesaurus out and he'd be like, woman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, obviously not that. Like, like Tolkien would write it. Yeah, it was, it just seemed like if you gave him a test on these words, he wouldn't know what they were because he literally sat there with a thesaurus to make himself seem smarter. And then for my second thing, it's the Mm -hmm. gatekeeping. It's the gatekeeping that pisses me off. Okay, that's what you don't like about the author. I'm talking about what did you not like about the book? Can't it be both? No. It's the same thing. We no, it's not. We don't want to personally attack the author. We just want to personally attack the book. I'm not personally attacking the author. His writing. His writing, how he wrote the book was gatekeeping. Okay, okay. okay. I'll give you the point, Juniper. You're getting real sassy. (laughs) I just, it really pisses me off when people intentionally write something so that people don't understand. Especially when it doesn't even make any sense to intelligent people. It's stupid. It makes you look stupid, and it excludes an entire population of people. It's dumb, and you should feel bad about it. Okay, what's your third point, Jennifer? (laughs) (laughs) Um, My third thing about the book is that I just couldn't pay attention to anything. Yeah, I skimmed over a lot. So it was like... Okay, so my first thing, my first thing is the, like, the the weird, like, vaguely, uh, slightly veiled racism throughout the book that I don't think was supposed to be there because the whole book was supposed to be, like, racism bad, but then he added in things that sounded, like, a little bit racist to me and a little uncomfy, and, um, I might be reading into it, but I didn't like that. And the second thing is, um, yeah, so I think the, the other thing is that um, we have characters that appear, but he never, it, there's no way to tell who they are or why they're there, really, um, which I just think shows um, poor writing on his part as far as the plot goes and being able to recognize these characters, I think a good writer would be able to, you'd be able to know what's going on when and who it is. Um, And then the third thing is um, the whole Legend of Zelda thing. I feel offended. Um, (laughs) Yeah, for OG Legend of Zelda people. Yeah, like, he says, if you like The Legend of Zelda, you'll like this. Well, yeah, because you ripped off the entire beginning part of Ocarina of Time. That doesn't make me feel good. Okay, ladies. Do we recommend this book? I'm a no. No. no, I'm a no. It's a no for me. Okay. I think, so, I say this book has a lot of potential. I think it has a lot of potential if... He wanted to go the Tolkien route. He could have made an actual book out of it rather than more of a novella that he was trying to yeah. do. Um, maybe. I think it has potential. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I think it has potential. 
I'm a just a straight no. We've like we've all said why we're just yeah, Juniper's fading. It's a no from me. <laughs> all right, if Hope. Do you have this? What? What Juniper? If he edited Keep this and going. made it better, then maybe. <laughs> okay, Hope. Did you find any? What do you know? How many stars this book got in total on Goodreads? It has like one point five. It's in the one range. Um, most okay. of the reviews, well, there are, he does have some good reviews. People did genuinely enjoy this book. But after his public meltdown, um, I think he got a lot more one and two star reviews, which to me, well earned. <laughs> like, yeah. he's not coming back from that. But, um. Did you find a good one? So. The review that garnered so much attention from him that caused his meltdown was this. This was just so unnecessarily wordy and pretentious. I just did not enjoy it at all, which makes me sad because the summary says it's for fans of Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, and World of World, World Warcraft, aka three of my favorite things. So how did I loathe this so entirely from page one? I don't know. And he had a meltdown because of that. And then there was another review. After just having finished the book, I really have to say that this was not what I expected. I feel like this is nothing more than the author trying to sell his philosophical ideas by using a fantasy world as a rapper. This is not what I expected from a book labeled as high fantasy. Amen. The character development to me felt shallow. I never really felt attached to any one character. Everything was presented as a long string of historical events that gets washed down with a heavy swig of the author's personal socioeconomic views. Having said that, I have no issue when authors use characters to project their own ideas and fancies. I do have issues when authors create one-dimensional characters that only do that. The book just feels a little forced. There are also times when I really question the author's commitment to making sure everything makes sense. Like the line, Lou's eyes burned with electromagnetism. Huh? Electromagnetism what? is the study of an electric and magnetic field interaction. Is Lou a physicist obsessed with his work? Overall, I give it a 2.5, leaning more towards 2. And then there's an edit. Everyone please read the comments from the author and myself. You get a real look into the egocentric mind of the author. P.S. If you didn't pick it up, if you didn't pick up on the, quote, Nazi ban on Jews from the ownership of arms, unquote, in the book, you aren't alone. I didn't either. Edit number two. It seems the author deleted his replies. I will leave my responses up for historical purposes. <sighs> And those were the two big ones. Those were the ones that he replied to that sent him on that tangent. Wait, but what are his, what are the comments? He didn't, he deleted them. So, but his comments are still there, right? So there's 13 comments. Yeah, but. It's, it's fine, say, Juniper. Yeah, they all just, they all just say, you're being a dick. <laughs> You're being a dick, Dylan. <laughs> but those are the ones that he responded to, and I think he responded to them because they had really good points about yeah. his book. I, yeah, I agree. 
And also, so do we... I, I want to mention also, like, he says it's a man's fantasy book. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, but then he goes and says... You know how... Men and women alike. Yeah. So do we think this book deserves this rating? So much better if he hadn't commented at all. Maybe. Yes. I, I think a Maybe. lot of people still had the same things to say. Um... Yeah, yeah but he I, I have had a tantrum about it. I think that his book did deserve the rating that it got. Like, even if a lot of those reviews came in because of his tantrum, yeah, like you get what you get for being a douche nozzle. Yeah, I agree. I think it all it also deserves that rating because if you're gonna go out of your way to like talk to people that gave you a low rating it's like replying to every single hate comment that you get online yeah it's it's just not worth worth your time i personally if i ever authored something and put it online and it was on goodreads i would avoid goodreads like the motherfucking plague Absolutely. Yep. I would not want and, to know what people have to say. No. And hope if you ever do publish a book, I just want you to know this. if you publish a book, we will review it on this uh, on this podcast. Fantastic. <laughs> I thought this was good because Hope is my twin. <laughs> oh my and god. I just really liked it. Oh my god. Okay. We're we're like right at the end. So the next book we're reading is the highly controversial book. Obviously. Um Save the Pearls Part 1 Revealing Eden by Victoria Foyt. Also, you can't get this book on Kindle. You cannot buy it new. You have to buy it used. And it may or may not be a signed copy. (laughs) Because they stopped selling it. It was so controversial, they stopped selling it. Yeah, they they stopped. that for sure, but we can get into that. All right, ladies. I think that's it. I think we've hit the end of our mark of our episode. So, until next time. We will talk to you guys later. Huzzah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Who Wrote This Shit. Our cover art is done by our very own Juniper Harvey Morose. Intro and outro music by Riley Tennyson. Editing by Aaron Poole and Hope Harvey Morose. You can follow us on Instagram under girlsbook3. If you have book recommendations, please feel free to email us at girlsbook3 at gmail.com. If you like the show, please rate, review, and share it. Episodes will also be uploaded to our website.